When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome back to When in Romance, where we get to talk about all kinds of romance things related to books, not the other stuff. Uh, I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And we are recording on Thursday, January 18th, 2024. Four. Yeah. I, I can do it in speech, but not yet in writing. <laughs> One thing at a time. How are you, Jess? I am doing all right. I am enjoying this not cold that's weirdly happening in Arizona right now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't doesn't really say much for what's going to happen in future months when we hit like 170. But (laughs) right now it's nice to go outside. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I did confess just before we started recording, I'm a little bit of a mess because I am, I traveled cross country earlier this week, got stuck on a tarmac for three hours and I was like, oh, this was the worst. Oh, well, it'll be fine. And now my trip home has gone from being a nine hour trip to being at best a 20 hour trip. Oh Uh, no. Yeah. Also to be clear, I'm not flying across the world. I'm flying across the country. Um, so I hope that by the time you all are hearing this, it will be too late for your recommendations. But Jess, as we are going through this episode, if any of the books you talk about are good airplane books Mm. or airport books, I will Mm -hmm. be spending 10 hours in each tomorrow. So again, if everything goes well, (laughs) that's the best case scenario. So we will see how it all shakes out. Keep your fingers crossed. Oh, uh, gosh. But yeah, so if anything jumps out at you that you're talking about, they're like, oh, you know what? This would be a great book to read while on a seven-hour layover. Please I mention gotcha. it. Thank mm-hmm. you. And again, God willing, four days from now when you're all listening to this, I will be safely home. But <laughs> if not, I will put a call out into the world for airport books. We'll see. Oh, uh, oh. well... Speak, and uh, this is the best, like, the best and worst part is that the book that you have been reading is a book that you can't even recommend to me as an airport book. Nope. No. I'm delighted that you read, like, I'm 90% thrilled that you have read this. I'm going to let you talk about it in a second, but I'm 10% bummed that I'm like, oh, come on. For the first time in, like, a year, I can't even use your currently reading recommendation. I'm sorry. You could read it again. That is true. That is true. Why don't you tell the people what we were talking about? All right. Well, much to Trisha's extensive delight, I am finally listening to Role Playing by Kathy Yardley. Um, I had the I had the ebook as a prime first or whatever first reads whatever. Mm-hmm. So it went on sale on audio for like a few dollars. Um, if you already had the ebook. So I did that and finally sat down to listen to it because why not? And it it is everything that you said it was and more, Trisha. Oh, I love it so much. I put in our show notes that I want to spend the next 45 minutes talking about this, but obviously we can't. Uh, but I'm glad so far, so good, Jess? So far, so good. For those of you who might be listening to the podcast for the first time and are like, welcome. what the heck is role playing? Uh, welcome. welcome, first of all. Uh, and second, this is uh, a novel featuring two older characters who are both into video games and they end up um, in a local computer game guild. And they, she, they're both um, around 50 she thinks he's like in his early 20s and mm-hmm. he thinks she's like 
octogenarian. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they they like develop a rapport, but they're like, but this person is not in my age group, and therefore we can't really have more than a friendship. So that's that's the setup for this story. It's yeah. it's so great. I I am loving it so much. How far are you so far? I am at I I just listened to a very crucial moment on the way home today. Aww. Um and it involves fa. Okay. Trisha knows what yep. I'm talking about. Sure do. Those of you who have not yet read it, you will know what I'm talking about when you get there. Yes. Indeed you will. Oh, I'm so happy. We we may just have to like just as a gift to ourselves, because we've now, as discussed before the show, been doing this for, I think, like six years. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And delightful every single time, even when I am concerned that my hotel Wi-Fi is going to give out. Uh, as a gift to ourselves, it's going to be fine. It's going great. Uh, we may have to just, like, spend a segment sometime talking about role-playing because I love it so much. Maybe it'll be our book club book. Maybe. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that. Yes, we will get to our book club book in just a minute. I have to say, unlike the many times where I tell Jess I'm super excited about a book she recommends, which is always true, but then I get distracted mm-hmm. by something shiny on my e-reader and don't actually read it. Unlike that, I actually did read one of the books that you talked about um, having, I think, missed out on last year, Jess, which is Fly mm-hmm. With Me by Andy Burke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, as promised and as discussed last episode, a book where a nurse who is terrified of flying gets on a plane, can't take her anti-anxiety medicine, and then someone has a medical emergency, which, as I mentioned last time, I am obsessed with. Mm-hmm. This nurse is actually able to help this person. Um, Olive is the name of the nurse. And she, uh, you know, kind of gets, she comes like, internet famous. She's like a social media everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, she happens to need a ride to a certain place and her the co-pilot of the plane who is Stella takes her there they hit it off and they decide to do this fake relationship for a couple of like bananas reasons um it is a a book that is really heavy in a lot of ways because Olive is dealing with a serious family situation Stella's Mm -hmm. father is dealing with a serious medical issue um but it is fun and lovely and fake dating and greatness and uh i think before our between when we recorded our last episode and when it actually went live i had finished this book uh and it was (laughs) a delight so um as jess anticipated in our last episode fly with me by andy burke is wonderful uh i also realized after we finished recording somehow we didn't talk about two of my favorite books that i'm so I, i haven't actually read them Two books that I assume will be my favorites in 2024. Um, I'm just going to mention them like by name because we have so much to get to in this episode. But somehow we didn't mention Megan by Rebecca Weatherspoon. Megan. Which Megan. is like, if you read Rafe, if you read Zenny, this is the third book that is part of that world. We have been waiting for it for like five years. Oh, Could that a, be while. Right? a yeah. while. A while. It's been a minute. And so, again, no author ever owes us anything. But mm-hmm. we're super excited. It is coming, I think, February 14th. So get that excited, sounds everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other one that I completely missed that I think was actually my most anticipated book of 2022 was a book called Girls with Bad Reputations by mm-hmm. Zoe Axelrod, which the girls the girl stars in her eyes was like my favorite book of 2021 this mm. book was supposed to come out in 2022 it kept getting bumped i was starting to think it was never going to happen uh. but it is coming it is coming i don't remember when i'll put the release date in the show notes so that everybody has it but again i don't i guess i'm just really excited about books in 2024 jess yeah it's going to be a great year also the cover to that zeo axelrod book is fantastic that hair is just oh, marvelous so good so good anyway it's gonna be, so good. <laughs> it's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great year great year it's for books great, great year for year. everything <laughs> all right why don't you uh talk a little bit about read harder and then we'll take a quick break all right so 
2024 is the 10th year of the Read Harder Challenge. Uh, join us as we make our way through the 24 tasks that are meant to expand our reading horizons and diversify our TBRs. To get book recommendations for each task, you have to sign up for the Read Harder newsletter. We'll also keep you informed there about other cool reading challenges, readathons, and more across the bookish internet. If you become a paid subscriber, you get even more recommendations, plus community features, where you can connect with a community of passionate, like-minded readers in a cozy and supportive corner of the internet. So check out the Read Harder newsletter. Hooray. Okay. As discussed, we have a lot to get into, starting with our book club. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will jump in. Today's episode is brought to you by Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing. You'll only cross these blades once in a page-turning new tale of revenge strategy and so many lies. Best-selling Red Tower Books is releasing its next year's will read that will capture your imagination and keep you guessing until the end. May Corlin's Five Broken Blades tells an intricate high-stakes tale of five total strangers united in a plot that will test their strength, wits, and courage. Each has their reasons, all have secrets. But while it's easy to portray a stranger, it's not so simple to stab a friend or a lover, okay, in the back. Now these five blades must choose between vengeance and one another. Pick up five broken blades by Mae Corlin for a thrilling, adventurous tale filled with risk, romance, adventure, and oh, so many lies. The relationships in it are complex and nuanced and involve everything from friends to enemies found in biological family and lovers and more. Thanks again to Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publishers of the smash hit Fourth Wing for sponsoring this episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Jess. First book club of 2024. Woo woo. How are you feeling about it? I think I am I am happy to talk about this book. I'm excited uh, to hear from you and to talk about some of the things that a couple people wrote in about and uh, to just just talk about this book. I am too. Do you want to tell people what it was and what the do you want to give a quick synopsis? I'm putting sure. on the spot a little bit. So we read The Princess and the Grilled Cheese Sandwich by Daya Muniz. Uh, and as Trisha has said multiple times, if you know how to pronounce the author's name and it's not what we're saying, please let us know because we want to do it right. Um, and this is a sort of squishy fantasy graphic novel. Um, it's not really fantasy when you, when you look at it, It, but it is set in a world that is not ours. Mm -hmm. Um, for one thing, everything is named after cheese. Um, yes, it's a delight. The The titular princess's name is Brie, which isn't quite as inventive as some of the other names and places in The Princess and the Grilled Cheese Sandwich, but we'll get to that in a minute. So the actual central character really is Camembert um, who is a woman but when her father is looking towards the future he tells her I'm not long for this world when I die move to the move to the city or move somewhere far away and take up the mantle of Lord Camembert so that you can inherit everything because in this society women cannot inherit um not even a princess so um so she does just that we jump to the future where she is living with her friend and servant um and 
trying to just sort of live a quiet life, but she can't. She can't live a quiet life and ends up attending the princess's no fur ball wearing faux fur. Um, in part to get the princess's attention. <laughs> in part, slash mostly. Mostly. <laughs> and there are hard eyes all around, and Cam and the princess become friends. Um, and sort of Cam gets pulled into this wild group of cheese names, and they they become really close all all of them mm-hmm. even the the curmudgeon black cat one who just wants to make her clothes and hide away mm-hmm. um and as cam and brie spend more time together they come to like each other even more the hard eyes grow larger uh the wistful sighs and uh, oblivious walking away continues and then all sort of drops when the truth comes to light yeah it gets complicated it gets uh, complicated yeah. and it's it complicated i think one of the pieces of so i think that was a fantastic uh recap thank you jess um, yeah, some of the supporting characters that you need to know about are um, Ricotta, who is a friend of Princess Brie, uh, Gorgonzola, who is a friend slash designer, uh, also friends of Princess Brie, and then Feta, who is sort of the lady's maid for Cam, um, who I, I will be honest, like most of this book, I thought they were roughly the same age. And then there's a <laughs> moment towards... I don't know, the middle or something where Cam talks about how Feta uh, used to change her diapers. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they are not the same age. Because I thought there might be like a love triangle there. There wasn't. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, and I feel like – I what did you – I really liked this book. I do think we um, heard from some folks who had some like legitimate sort of thoughts and concerns and criticisms. But I'm curious, Jess, as to what your initial takeaway was. I enjoyed myself immensely. And I will say, I had been having a lot of trouble reading anything. Mm -hmm. And I sat down and I just read this straight through. It was the first time in days that I had managed to soak in words and have an emotion about them. So Mm -hmm. that might that might have influenced how much I enjoyed myself. But I just thought, you know, it was really fun and very sweet and i enjoyed a lot of the mashup that was happening with sort of messing with time and place and time period and fashion and all of this other stuff that was happening there um if the art hadn't been quite so glorious i'm not sure if i would have taken to it as well but it's it's just such such a beautiful little book. Yeah. The art was stunning. And I think um, I want to get back to the sort of out of time thing you talked about. But first, I, I will say, I think you and I agreed and everyone we heard from agreed that the art was such a critical and pivotal part of mm-hmm. the book. Um I will say, this is going to sound like a tangent, but stick with me. (laughs) When I was, I don't know, 20 years ago or whenever it came out, I used to watch Project Runway with my friends. And I used to think like, yes, I can appreciate this. I can understand it because I can see the art and it looks fantastic. And then they started watching, I don't know, whatever Top Chef or some kind of cooking thing. And I was like, no, no, I I can't eat that. I can't Mm -hmm. taste it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like... The fashion was the thing that I could understand and appreciate for everything it was supposed to be, whereas whatever the cooking thing was, I was like, I don't, I can't eat that. It's not the same. And Mm -hmm. so I do think it was really interesting, given that this was our first graphic novel and the first book that we've done in that format, I do think that given what an important role fashion and the creativity and the art behind it plays in this book – 
I don't think you could have done that in prose. No, I could not think of a like the closest thing that I could imagine it being to in prose is something like that time I got drunk and uh, saved a dragon. Like just the way that it's sort of like, oh god, there is a Brie in that too. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but <laughs> in her family are cheesemongers. But um, the way that it sort of plays irreverently with with the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual series of events that happens and the the things that we see, like, I could not imagine going through all of this description in prose because there would have to be so much visual description because so much of what's going on is in action, not words. And that's one of the things that... um is great about graphic novels because you have a whole different way of telling the story. Yeah. And I think, so um, we heard, like I said, from, from folks that were super into the art, I do want to point out um, someone we heard from Morgan pointed out that in addition to um, Diamunas who did the script and the words and art, there were a separate inker and color in this colorist on this who were thanked in the acknowledgments, and that's Dominic Bustamante and Eleonora Brunei. They are thanked in the acknowledgments, like I mentioned. So, special shout out to those folks as well, because I think mm-hmm. it does take it. It's so bonkers to me. Anytime I'm like citing a graphic novel or a comic or something, the number of people that have to come together mm-hmm. to tell that story, like I think. I tend to think of writing it as of being an author and storytelling in book form as being such a kind of solo venture. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is a case where that's not really true. Yeah, so. it, it can't be. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we're both very on board with the art. Interestingly enough, we heard very opposing opinions about how this kind of like out of time, when was this happening? Like, uh, Morgan, who I already mentioned, um, mentioned that they had trouble placing the time period because mm-hmm. it feels historical. And then the maid, Feta, is playing a Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. So that's complicated. But then we heard from Cherith, who was like, I really liked that she was playing a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> the <laughs> Nintendo Switch is clearly a very big touch point of this book. Yeah. I, I didn't zero in on it too much. It didn't really... I don't know. It didn't really push my opinion one way or another. How about you? Did you, I mean, it sounds like you were actually kind of into it. I I was like, I think, you know, there are other elements to things that were going on that felt sort of um, contemporary, which maybe contributed to my, um, my enjoyment of other little contemporary bits like I did have a little bit of frustration initially like okay what what time period is this yeah. when is what this? are we doing <laughs> what are we doing um is this historical is this fantastical like is this is this now is this that whatever mm-hmm. but um just the 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 attention to detail that something like that requires it's like actually I'm just going to s- sit under my pile of stuff while I'm sad and play Nintendo like that is or and then and then there's a pile of letters like right there's no there's no texting there but there's uh brunch and there's you know all kinds of weird kind of um what's the word contradictory yeah feelings to it but it's not overwhelmingly contradictory it's just kind of like a little a little a little touch here and there mm-hmm. i think if it had been more than that i might have been like this is too much yeah my brain can't take it yeah yeah i think that's fair i'm interested too so i think like i said it didn't really connect with me I and I didn't mention this early on but I had the same experience you did where I basically I think I sat and read this in the morning I think you and I were texting and I was like I haven't read the book yet um and you were like yeah I haven't either and then three hours later I had read the book so Mm -hmm. it was uh a quick and delightful and lovely way to spend a few hours Mm -hmm. um 
I'm super glad to have read it. I'm actually very glad to own it. I bought it at a bookstore near me. And um, and I think we heard from a, a number of folks who are happy to have an excuse to read it, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that um, they'd seen it around or whatever and, and wanted to go after it. So I'm glad we did that. Um, one of the things, it's funny because when I was putting some thoughts on the agenda earlier, the two things that really jumped out at me were the art and the supporting characters. And uh, I then later read an email from Morgan who was like, the things I liked were the art and the supporting characters. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that, like we talked a little bit about um, Feta, who is the lady's maid, who was just very concerned the whole time that Cam was going to get caught and that both of their lives were going to sort of be ruined by this because Cam couldn't have inherited if Mm -hmm. she was not presenting as male. Um, I also thought Ricotta, who is like the friend who kind of doesn't get it, doesn't really know what's going on, but is just like rooting so hard Mm -hmm. for Cam and Brie. I thought she was very charming. But I think the one that I sort of connected with them most was Zola, was Gorgonzola, who is the designer, who comes across as a little bit, I don't want to say cold, but sort of like, standoffish mm-hmm. or something and then as the book develops she felt to me like one of the most dynamic characters because as the book develops you realize she has actually figured out what's going on mm-hmm. but she was in a very very unhappy marriage to someone who was much older than she was who um she had only been able to start the design house that she created because she was doing the she was doing all the work and he was taking all the credit. It was his mm-hmm. quote unquote design house. Um, but she was doing all of it. And then when she, when he died, she was able to then kind of step in and start taking some of the credit and, and understand, you know, people started to understand what her role actually was. And so I just thought her perspective was so interesting in terms of kind of understanding why Cam did what she did and not really placing any judgment on it. And, just kind of getting it and not really feeling like the way that this had happened should be a barrier to Cam and Brie being happy. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. She's just the character that stuck out to me the most that I think I think the most about now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole thing about her, her some not quite similar, but similar experience really, really sort of made a turn for, for making the story a little a little more settled into itself too, which mm-hmm. I really liked. Um, it's it's funny because you were talking about uh, Ricotta and Zola, and I mentioned earlier that that Zola was like the black cat, mm-hmm. and and thinking about it, we we do have the golden retriever and the black cat friends. Yes. Um, oh, that's so true. Yes. They, someone will die of fun. Um, that uh-huh. they're, they're, they are that you need both of those dynamics in a great group of friends. Um, and it's, it's cool that they're both kind of built out with their strengths. Like Ricotta's strength is, is being like super go hard, ride or die for both of them. Even if she yes. is clueless, yep. Um, and you know she's she's there. Like there was the part where she stayed longer with Brie um, when when she was supposed to leave earlier because Brie was feeling like so nervous. And even a little thing about a little thing like that really shows like how much of a friend both of these people are to both Brie and Cam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that the, like, while the love story is very cute, like the friendship between all four of them was like a huge element of the story that I wouldn't have enjoyed without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. I totally agree. I think, it's interesting because if you um, read sort of the afterword and some of the background of this book, you learn that uh, this book was inspired by the author and their spouse, and um, which is like incredibly charming and lovely. And I very much encourage people to read that story. Mm-hmm. But 
I also, I don't know if I would have been as compelled by it without sort of those additional characters. So I think, I think they were really smart to add in like a little bit of dimension through these other folks. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like one other thing that I do want to touch on before we wrap this conversation up, um, and I'm interested in what else you want to say about it too, but we got, I, we heard some kind of differentiating things too about the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard some folks say that it kind of like wrapped up too quickly and too easily. Mm-hmm. Like for a um, story in which the stakes are so high, like Cam really can't get caught because she could get put in jail and have all of her money taken away. And like there's a lot going on there. And then to sort of have a situation, spoiler alert, I guess, where. <laughs> Bree knows and and kind of picks her anyway. Um, it did happen fairly quickly. It happened in kind of a fairy tale, happy ever after way. Like one of the things that lives rent free in my brain is the way that the Sultan at the end of Aladdin is basically <laughs> just like, well, I've just decided to change this law that drove the entire plot of the movie. <laughs> and he's just like, am I Sultan or am I Sultan? I'm like, yeah, but you were Sultan 82 minutes ago. You could have done this. Like, your child was kidnapped and whatever. Okay, again. <laughs> same episode where we discuss role playing, we're going to have a real conversation about the problems, which are many, with Aladdin. Anyway. Oh, man. Anyway. So, uh, I'm back on track, back on the main road now. <laughs> Um, talk to me. So I I do feel like there is um, you know, I'm not not quite like uh ex Deus Machina, but like there's a little bit of it does get wrapped up a little quickly, right? And, and mm-hmm. for a book again where the stakes are so high the whole time, it is a little unclear how the stakes suddenly were not so high. I, I, I'll i be honest, it didn't really bother me as I was reading it because I was just very wrapped up in it. But when um, people pointed it out, I noticed it also. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, things end quickly. And there's, an, there's a lovely montage of a few pages where, like, stuff gets done. Like, there are, there are policies being challenged. There are... Uh, protests happening there are things being actively attempted at change and yeah um that is that is great for what is what is a very narrow book um i think i think if if the if the story itself had been broader i would have felt a little worse about how things did wrap up so quickly because yes they wrapped up real fast yeah. um and they that that happy ending spoiler alert I, yeah. like is, is that mean, a spoiler um that ha- that happy ending happened and it just went um mm-hmm. so yes definitely wrapped up a little too quickly but if you take it in context of how quickly the whole thing moves, yes, yeah, um, I yeah. think it it meets it beat for beat, yeah. And I do think that's a thing that happens a fair amount in romance. I think in this one, it, maybe it felt more quickly, just kind of from the format of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, actually, not even our first book club book. I feel like the Selena Montgomery book that we read also was like. A page and a half of half. Yeah, the, that ending was <laughs> yes. like they got together on the last. I was, yeah, we're, yeah, we're mm-hmm. done. It's yeah. gone. It happened. Yeah. It's yeah. over. Yeah, that's the thing, folks. If you thought this book wrapped up quickly, <laughs> uh, maybe revisit last year's book from this time period. Uh, but anyway, oh well. And I know too. One of the things that you mentioned in. Uh, the show notes was that you all of a sudden were pro grilled cheese, Jess. I really wanted a grilled cheese. Like the way there is a particular scene where Feta is making a grilled cheese. And for some reason that was, 
even though there had been grilled cheeses before, there was a grilled mm-hmm. cheese with gooey pull apart cheese on the cover. Yeah. That was what really made I wanted to go in my kitchen and stand over the the oven or yeah. stand over the stove and make a grilled cheese, which is not something I have done for several years because I am both gluten and lactose intolerant. Yep. But I wanted a grilled cheese. Uh if anybody knows a grilled cheese sandwich in the Tucson area that is both <laughs> lactose and glutose gluten free, <laughs> let Jess know. Oh. She deserves it. She deserves, deserves it. it. Yeah. No, it's true. It was good because like not only were all like there were character names and place names and all of them were like very cheese oriented and i feel like one of them well camembert of course but like i there was like one that was like blue cheese sort of related and i was like oh man gosh i do love a blue cheese crumble uh, (laughs) and like you said there are multiple grilled cheese sightings and they play like a pretty important role in the book so Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i get it i totally get it uh, anything else that you would like to say about the princess and the grilled cheese sandwich before we take a break? I think if you still haven't haven't read it and this conversation has made you go, huh, maybe, just go to your library, go to a bookstore, pick it up, have a look through. I think once you start, you can't really stop. It's mm-hmm. It's like... The pages, they just turn themselves. Yeah. It's, and especially if you need a smile. And goodness knows, we need a smile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that the the overall thing is a delightful little piece of literature. Um, and there are definitely going to be things that people enjoy less than enjoy more. Um, but I think it'll balance itself out for most readers. I think that is 100% right. Uh, okay. Let us know if you have not let us know yet what you thought of this book. Um, please do let us know. And uh, yeah, we'll take a break and then jump back in. All right. So one of the things that this um, read inspired, and I, I know we do actually still have a couple of pending emails that we haven't talked about yet, but um, we wanted to connect our book Rex this week to the book club book uh and so we are going to ask those of you who have um sent us some emails to be patient just for a little while longer um Mm -hmm. because we wanted to discuss one of the things that it felt like it might be a good fit for this book given how long lady cam is sort of presenting a different identity than uh she might actually be living and experiencing we wanted to talk also about other books where someone is either doing that purposely or there is a misunderstanding and there's a mistaken identity and no one's quite sure and maybe somebody's not quite as honest as they should be about it once they realize that the mistaken identity is happening. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think we're taking kind of a broad perspective on this one, but uh, but Jess, you had um, some books right away. They were like, this one, I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah, and it's funny. We didn't talk a whole lot about that in the previous segment where we were talking about it. Um, But I personally have to really be invested in a story to, to like, latch on to something where someone is, like, thoroughly deceiving the other person who Mm -hmm. is going to be, at the end of the story, the, the happy couple or whatever um so it has to be a heck of a book to keep me interested to keep me invested and to like make me actually want them to be together by the end because you know sometimes you're just like uh -uh, nope don't want it yeah Uh, (laughs) but I have a few that even with you know, some elements, something about how the story plays out made it more acceptable to me. And the first one is The Wolf and the Wildflower by Stacey Reed, which actually is is more like The Princess and the Grilled Cheese Sandwich than um, like full out deception, because mm-hmm. due to his living 
in the Yukon for several years alone. Sure. Uh, the uh, male main character, James, knows immediately that Jules is a woman. Um, so let me step back. Jules, when she was born, was mistaken for a boy by her father. Mm-hmm. And uh, her mother, horrified of potentially having to go through childbirth again, goes along with it. And raises Jules as a boy. And now Jules is an adult woman still masquerading as a man. She's been able to go to college. She was able to have the finest tutors, but of course she couldn't go to like Eaton. <laughs> sure. Uh, because that would have that would have caused some issues. Um and she's educated, she is ready to take on the six the, as successor to her father when he decides to retire from his psychology, psychiatry, psychological, psychiatry, psychology, whichever, what, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, so she is masquerading as a man. And as I mentioned, James spent 10 years lost in the Yukon and has finally been rescued and brought back home to England. And her father has been invited to help figure out why he's not acting like a proper gentleman. Um, So when they meet, because of his heightened sense of smell, James immediately latches on to Jules not being a man. I'm not going into how realistic that is. This is a Regency romance novel or Mm -hmm. a a Victorian Victorian romance. but I think because he already knows the fact that she continues to masquerade as a man um, doesn't feel as weird to me as they continue as they pursue a, you know, clandestine courtship, etc. Um, so that's that's the setup for the wolf and the wildflower. The actual plot has a lot more going for it. You can read read the description on Goodreads or something. Um, I've talked sure. about this book enough. <laughs> I thought it was actually really good and really well written, which is why I'm recommending it to you, even though there's some weird stuff about the smell of a woman. Um, you, it, once you get over that little hurdle, it's <laughs> it's a fantastically written book, and the characters are both really interesting. The way that it's resolved is great. Like, yeah. So, yeah. The Wolf and the Wildflower by Stacey Reed. All right. I mean, I feel like the wolf is in the title, so the smell of a woman thing isn't that weird. You know? <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, is. I'm going to talk quickly about a book that we have talked about before, but not for a while, because it came mm-hmm. out about six years ago. Um, and so this is a series that I think we haven't talked about um, at least for several months, if not a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the book is A Princess in Theory. It's by Alyssa Cole. Uh, it is about a woman, Letty, who's in grad school. She's working like multiple jobs. Things are very stressful. And she keeps getting emails saying that she is engaged to an African prince, which sounds ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. like there's all of the She assumes it's a scam, whatever. Keeps deleting them. Uh, until that prince actually comes to, I believe it's New York, mm-hmm. um, to track her down because they are betrothed. And she accidentally mistakes him for uh, someone who works, I believe, in catering mm-hmm. at uh, an event where she's working. Um, and so she thinks he's a caterer. He kind of starts playing along. Eventually, it becomes clear that he is actually the prince that has been stalking her frankly uh Mm -hmm. but for a while there's this mistaken thing where she thinks he's a caterer um he doesn't quite know how to explain that he is actually the heir to the throne of uh thessalo um so there's a lot going on there um so the eventually again it does become clear but for a while where they are trying to uh you know just get to know each other there is this kind of elephant in the room that he knows about and she doesn't um so he does eventually have to come clean but in the meantime 
it is very fun to watch her like boss him around at the catering job <laughs> that he is <laughs> very bad at because he is a prince. Uh, and also, I think this was just a good opportunity to ri- remind people that the Reluctant Royal series is an absolute delight. Mm-hmm. Um, the last book came out in like 2019, so it's it's been a few years since this. There's a sort of spinoff series, but. If you haven't got, if you're a little bit newer to romance and haven't gotten to Alyssa Cole's Reluctant Royal series, start with The Princess in Theory, and within, I would guess, a month, you will have read all three full-length books and both novellas. So mm-hmm. just jump mm-hmm. all in. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Oh, uh, one I'll do relatively quickly because the, um, it it's pretty straightforward bit of mistaken identity is one night in hartswood by emma denny um and this is a this is this is a pretty new book i actually um it came across my radar when it released with mills and boone in the uk but it has a newer um publication here um that it, it so it's only been out for maybe a month or two um and this is a medieval historical it's set in the 14th century and you have um one character who is um escorting his sister to be married to the son of uh an english lord they're 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 both uh pretty high up in the english food chain as it were (laughs) um and uh, um one of their families has like a long line and one of them is wealthy but new money in in the medieval way i don't know um sure so there his sister who is reluctant but willing because you have to be is um is getting married um so they arrive at the the keep where um Cecily is supposed to be meeting her future husband in on the next day when they get married um but in the meantime William who likes to be called Penn um sure. is just wants to get out of his home and goes off into the forest and runs into Raph who is Cecily's brother and they sort of hit it off just hanging out in the woods together in the evening. But Raph thinks Penn is a servant. And since he introduces himself as Penn, not William, he thinks he's a different person. Mm-hmm. So when uh, Penn goes back to his room after spending this amazing night with Raph and is like, you know what? I don't want to get married and runs away. Um, (laughs) Raph, who is a tracker, is asked to help find him. So when he comes across Penn trying to build a terrible fire, he's like, were you sent to find William too? And he's like, something like that. (laughs) And so they he's he's like i gotta say this this guy is probably dead he's been missing for two days and pen is like so are you going to leave because can i come with you so they they go off on their merry way and it's it's a lot about like pen trying to sort of figure out who he is and and also like get to know raf and they they on the road and once they reach their destination develop this like really soft relationship that um is is really darling but also dangerous um and then they figure it out because it's a romance novel but um (laughs) This is also one where I was like, when is he going to tell him? When is he going to tell him? When is he going to tell him? Um, Because that kind of is a very important element to everything else that's happening. Like, you're the guy who was supposed to marry my sister and you ran away. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's One Night in Hartswood. And it's, it's pretty light on the medieval elements of it like 
the everything is there for you to understand the time period, but you're not going to go like seeking out the the correct dates for the, the sacking of York or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was it's it's a different pace than all of the regencies. I mean, that's a real relief because I don't really want to know when the sacking of York was. <laughs> that's just like a lot of pressure. Um. I will mention a couple really quickly. Uh, so The Neighbor Favor by Christina Forrest was one of the books that um, we've talked about recently because it was one of my favorites of last year. Uh, but we hadn't talked about it quite in this lens. So as a reminder, this is a book where um, a woman named Lily has been, she's trying to pursue this career in the book industry. Uh, she actually starts having a um, long-term correspondence with her favorite author, who is the author of this sort of like, very like you know niche fantasy book that not that many people know about and over the course of like a year they build this really interesting relationship i i mean again it's all over emails i love an epistolary book and even ones that are just like partially epistolary i'm super into mm-hmm. um and then he totally ghosts her she doesn't know why she never hears from him again but because they had built this sort of intimacy over email where they're both talking about their families and their stresses and their worries and the things they care about um she's really hurt by it and of course because it's a romance novel uh it just happens to be the case that when he moves to new york he happens to live like next door to her essentially Mm -hmm. um and he nick who is the author realizes before she does that he is the author that she is the person that has been emailing him as the author of this fantasy book. Um, and so he knows it's a little bit like of a, of a you've got mail situation where Tom mm. Hanks knows, but Meg Ryan doesn't. Um, mm. And he's falling in love with her and she's falling in love with him and he doesn't know how to tell her. And it's a, um, it's a kind of situation where you're sort of like, Oh my gosh, just tell her it's not that big of a deal. It's fine. The stakes are, but then when you get wrapped up in the emotion of it, you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know. Maybe don't tell her what's going to happen. Well, I don't know. So um, it's a book where someone's not necessarily trying to be in disguise or have like a mistaken identity, but it sort of happens and they just kind of continue to let it go. Mm-hmm. Um so that's a neighbor favor by Christina Forrest. And then I will mention very, very quickly, Kiss the Girl by Zoraida Cordova, which I have just started. It's the third book in the Meant to Be series, but they can all be read independently. It's these three books that are, you know, based on Disney fairy tales. This one is kind of very loosely based on The Little Mermaid. So Ariel Damar is um, one of a group of seven sisters who have been spent like 15 years uh being this like pop band that is world like these people are like taylor swift beyonce level famous Mm -hmm. um it's a really big deal but they all seven of the sisters decide that they need a break they gotta do something else walk away for a while um and then she is actually supposed to start a solo career but she meets eric which if you recall Little Mermaid, you may remember the princess named Eric, who is part of his own band. Like she and her, one of her sisters go to this, you know, kind of, you know, random show and they go and because she is not wearing her wig or all of her sparkles or all of her makeup, he doesn't recognize her. And mm-hmm. so he wants her to go on the road with them. And um, again, I'm very early into this book, but I believe that she does. And he doesn't know that she is like one of the biggest pop stars in the world which again sounds bananas, but she actually looks very different. Uh, and so I, as I said, I, I had hoped to be a little further along in this one before talking about it, but I I trust Rosario uh, Cordova so much, um, who wrote, has written romance before under the name Zoe Castile. Um, so I think it's going to be great. I can't, you know, make any promises, but so far it's very charming. Uh, it's a little bit, again, a little bit based on Little Mermaid. You'll see some of the Easter eggs if you know that story, but uh, not too much if you are not into that book or movie, I guess. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I will have plenty of time tomorrow to finish Kiss the Girl. Uh, oh, man. So I'll, I'll keep you all posted. <laughs> well, the last one that I want to talk about is the third book in a series um, but it can be, it can stand alone as long as you're cool with, you know, knowing that the couples from the first two books are couples. Sure. Um, 
And it's the Marquis makes his move by Diana Quincy. Um, it's um, like I said, it's the third book in a series. And it's about a, a, a Marquis who um, masquerades as a footman in uh, a household in order to gain access to the person who he's trying to uh, seek revenge upon uh, private spaces. So it's just like, oh, yeah. baby, what is you doing? <laughs> um and so he he goes as and is a footman in this household sleeps in the servants quarters does all the flipping work all of that and starts to develop a rapport with the lady of the house who he has been tasked with uh providing for her every need but not in that way. I mean, I know what you're I was going to say her every need. I know what you're thinking, but okay. not just, you know, general servant things, bringing her food, that kind of thing, uh, going on her with walks, etc. cetera. Sure. Um, but, you know, they develop a rapport and eventually get a little closer than they should be but alex is still trying to find the proof that the um the husband who is a famous map maker uh sort of screwed him out of a very specific piece of land on a map which is going to be the the official detailing of this space of land what he doesn't know is that similarly to princess and the grilled cheese sandwich the husband is just the face of the company and rose the wife actually does all of the maps um so he since he doesn't know that he doesn't know that his his real grief is with her or grievance is with her oh yeah um but they it they figured it out there is also a really big twist to this story so um just it's just keep an eye out for how it all is supposed to work out in the end um and i will say all three of these books are incredibly readable if you want to download them onto your e-reader uh, before you head to the airport tomorrow, I think you would make it through the entire trilogy by the time you got home. I mean, thank you. And that says just as much about what I'm dealing with in terms of travel as it does about the readability of all three of these books. That is so helpful. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. I have, dis- I have discussed the second one in in great detail before. That's the uh, the Viscount made me do it with the bone setter. So mm-hmm. like I it might just be my brain, but I really love these books. I mean, that's really all I need to know. So <laughs> I'm gonna charge up my Amazon gift card and uh, see what happens. Or actually, I will check with my library first. There you go. There it is. There. You go. Uh, well, thank you so much, Jess. I hope everyone out there will let us know again what you thought of the Princess and the Grilled Cheese Sandwich, but also what your favorite disguise slash mistaken identity books are uh you it's it's not hard to find us you can find us at when in romance at bookriot.com you can find me on instagram or blue sky at trisha haley brown jess where are you at these days in 2024 um you can find me on instagram at jess underscore is underscore reading on uh the thing formerly known as twitter and Blue Sky at Jess is reading, all one word. And on TikTok at Jess underscore is reading. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. At least for now. Uh, <laughs> also, I just realized that you recommended three historicals and I recommended three contemporaries. Yeah. We complement we complement each other so well, even after we all this time. <laughs> uh, huge, huge thanks to our wonderful and patient audio editor, Caitlin Brame. Um, Please do rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find us. And maybe they're looking for us in 2024. Maybe they, too, are facing a 20-plus-hour travel day. They need us, everybody. 
Help us out. Help them out. Help us out. Uh, I think that may be it for today, Jess. Anything else you want to add? Um, I think that's it. If you haven't read Princess and the Grilled Cheese Sandwich yet, it's definitely worth picking up, as are the other six books that we talked about today. Um, Trisha in particular, but everyone else, happy, the happiest of reading in the near future. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody.